Coast Fundraisers, I'm Dawn Lego, and it's time to buckle up for a new episode of Raise Nation Radio, the one and only podcast made to inspire fundraisers like you to continue making impact in our communities, building better tomorrows, and exchanging ideas. So whether you're a trailblazer or seasoned pro, you'll pick up the trends that transform your fundraising. And together, we'll dive into lively conversations and chat with industry-leading fundraisers and thought leaders to explore hot-button issues and innovative ideas. So stay with us for the next 30 minutes while we inspire you to embrace the future of fundraising. So let's get going. I am super excited for my next guest. You know, here at Raise Nation Radio, we get to speak to nonprofits of all shapes, sizes, and flavors, but it's not often that we get to speak with an organization that has been impacting our communities and fundraising for over 74 years. So in 1948, the Arthritis Foundation um, started building better tomorrows to help the communities that are suffering from arthritis. And we have two wonderful trailblazer, fearless fundraising women with us today to talk about probably some interesting um, impact and um, what arthritis actually means and how they're making it all happen. So Della, Rebecca, welcome to Raise Nation Radio. It's so great to have you here. Thanks so much for having us, Don. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I think we're going to get into some interesting uh, conversations because I'm going to open with a question, if you don't mind. I think it's going to be one of those Don Lego silly moments because when I think of arthritis, I really think of, um, I don't know, I get a visual of hands for some reason, and I, I immediately go to um, pain and dexterity and, you know, a little bit of quality of life disruption there, but I'm pretty wrong, right? Who's going to who's gonna shed some light and help educate me? Because arthritis is a lot bigger than that and a lot more serious than that, and it can mean a hundred different things. Isn't that right? Can you enlighten me, please, and our audience? Yeah, for sure. So um, arthritis, you're right, has uh, a lot of, I think, misunderstandings behind it. Um, It is not a singular disease. And I think that's something that the general public doesn't really understand. Arthritis is actually a term that refers to joint pain or joint disease. It literally means uh, joint pain, joint, joint inflammation. And so under the umbrella of arthritis are more than a hundred types of arthritis and related. A hundred. Wow. A hundred. Even other healthcare professionals like, you know, actually I'm an occupational therapist uh, by trade um, and I'm the director of content strategy and planning at the Arthritis Foundation. Um, But I'm also an arthritis patient. And I think until most people hear that they or a loved one have arthritis, they don't understand that it doesn't mean just one thing. Um, There are so many different types. And then there are some that are more well-known or common that people know of. And I think when you say arthritis, the general population is thinking about osteoarthritis, which is that type of arthritis that many of us may get in our lifetime, right? It's the one that people think about when you say, oh, my grandma has arthritis. It's osteoarthritis. There's a whole other category of inflammatory autoimmune types of arthritis, which is one of 
one that I have um, and many others. Um, and there's a lot of categories of it. Gout is actually a form of arthritis. And I think that surprises people. Um, but fibromyalgia, lupus all fall under this 100 different types of arthritis and related conditions. So that's the biggest, I think, stereotype or just um, misunderstanding that people have when they hear about arthritis. And the other one would be that kids get arthritis too. There's over 300,000 children in the U.S. that have doctor-diagnosed form of arthritis or one of their related conditions. And then when it comes to adults, where it's nearly 60 million people with doctor-diagnosed arthritis. Oh, big numbers. Oh, my. Yeah. All right. Well, we're working a little bit backwards here today on Raise Nation Radio. Forgive me. I was just so... Um, I think gobsmacked with, you know, 75 year history and, um, you know, just, I had a little flavor prior to the, um, prior to us joining the show today about a hundred different arthritis. It's like an umbrella. And, you know, there's hundreds underneath that umbrella of arthritis that I neglected to introduce all of us. So um, I think the audience knows me by now. I've been here at One Cause for years and um, happy to be part of the marketing team and part of the brand engagement and channel marketing. But I want our audience to get to know um, both of you. So Rebecca, why don't we start with you since you took that first question. Um, I know uh, occupational therapists very, very well. My son has special needs. So we pay visits multiple times a week. So thank you for what you do every day, but let our audience get to know you a little bit more, introduce yourself, and then we can pass it over the mic over to Della. Okay, sure. Yeah, I am the uh, Director of Content Strategy and Planning at the Arthritis Foundation, um, but I am an occupational therapist. And the reason I became an occupational therapist was because I got diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis when I was in my mid-20s. 20s. 20s. And Yes, I was 26. And um, in those first two years, um, I didn't get patient education like I, I now know I should have um, to help learn that there are things that I could do to manage my symptoms and hopefully maybe prevent further pain than I was already having. And there's things that that I could do to take control. So it became a mission of mine to actually learn all that I could to help manage my disease so that I could help other people. Um, and in that time, after I finished grad school uh, to become an OT, um, I started volunteering with the Arthritis Foundation. So I was introduced to the foundation as a, a patient who wanted to learn more about this organization that fundraised for arthritis. And I went to my first walk to cure arthritis in Denver. I'm in Colorado and just felt at home and realized I wasn't alone and that there were all these other people who were affected by arthritis. Um, and when you're that young, um, it's pretty isolating um, to know that you have this thing that doesn't have a cure um, and you feel like nobody kind of understands your pain. Um, and so it was my doorway into the foundation and I volunteered in various aspects for almost a dozen years before I actually um, came to be on staff. And I now also uh, 
host the podcast that we do for people with our oh, shout out. loved ones. Shout out yep. for your podcast. What's the name of it and where can we it, find it? Live Yes with Arthritis Podcast, anywhere you get your podcast. So anywhere. Okay. I like yep. that answer. And then, um, Wait, so what was yeah, that again? Live great. Yes. What was that? Live Yes. Live Yes with Arthritis. Live Yes with, ah, oh, Live Yes with Arthritis. Mm-hmm. Very positive. I like that. Yeah. Okay. Anywhere you get your favorite podcast. Exactly. And we've, it, we're, we're probably going to be approaching our three years, I think in November. So um, we're, we're plugging away, but yeah, you sure. So that's, that's kind of how I came to be. And in my role now, I'm infusing my occupational therapy knowledge as well as my patient knowledge um, and trying to make sure that we're helping to get the information to our audience that, um, that needs it. So, and then Della does a lot of work to help us get organized so that we can fundraise and she does so much to help us get there. So Della, it's your turn to intro. And I think Della also um, participates in our um, cab program here at One Cause. Yep. Is that right, Della? Uh, yes, I'm on the, the NCAB. So I am ah, the um, National Customer Advisory yes. Board. Yeah. Yes. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Group. Yes. Thank you. Um, I've been uh, working with One Cause uh, for, I think we've been partnered for about a year now that we've been working with all of you. And as Rebecca says, um, so I'm Della Carver. I'm the Director of Service Center Support at the Arthritis Foundation. And so part of what I do here, I, I always tell people I have to explain my job. The Service Center Support doesn't doesn't Service Center Support. That sounds like a service lot of things. Support. We have a department here at the Arthritis Foundation, which is to service all of the people that we work with. That's internal, it's external, it's volunteers, it's staff, it's anyone who needs help at the Arthritis Foundation. We have a department dedicated to helping them with anything from people who are newly diagnosed and looking for support and a network and doctors to uh, staff members that need help with a website and working on their fundraising. Oh my, (laughs) that runs the gamut. Yeah, just a a few things. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah. My intro uh, to you behind the scenes here at One Cause was, you, you got to meet Della Dawn. She's one heck of an impressive woman. And that was it. I was like, okay, what does that mean? Well, now I know what that means. <laughs> yeah, the, the, my, my job is uh, whatever you need. Uh, it's I, Whatever I say, you uh, need. Director of whatever you need. Yeah, the jack, jack of all trades, master of some. What, <laughs> That's what I was going to say. I was like, she's like my yeah, giver. Exactly. And so, um, and I'll, a little bit of my background with the Arthritis Foundation, I've actually been here for almost nine years. And we really kind of have two sets of staff um, in, in why we're here. You've got a lot of staff like Rebecca, who, I mean, we have over 60 million people with arthritis. So that's a lot of our staff who personally are affected by it and connected to our mission. And then you have the other half who know people who are affected by it because chances are with, you know, the one in four Americans who are diagnosed, you either are living with arthritis or you definitely have someone in your network. And for me, I started out working here just in, in data, uh, doing little data entry. I was finishing up my college data, she says, just the data. And, uh, and I was like, yeah, I just need a job. And I've been here for almost nine years because I found passion in it. I, I have, um, my family is deaf and with deaf people having arthritis in your hands is losing the ability to speak. You lose your communication with everyone. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I didn't think of that. 
it's extremely crippling and it's it's very emotional to see people go through that. And we mentioned earlier the 300,000 children with arthritis. One of my daughter's best friends is one of those children. She's 10 years old and she has to go regularly to get her infusions, to visit her rheumatologist. When we do activities, we have to, you know, think about, you know, how she going to be able to handle this. Do we need to have extra supplies on hands, give her breaks, you know, be prepared for this and, and watch this child, you know, go through the struggles of the want versus the physical capability sometimes. And so being able to, you know, be one of those people who sees people dealing with that, but not dealing with it personally, I found that connection and that sort of driven me with the Arthritis Foundation. Well, it sounds like you both found your home, your people, your passion, your mission, and uh, just a moment of thanks to both of you for what you're doing and how you're impacting the arthritis community. Um, so please, from us to you, our One Cause family to your family, you know, please accept our thanks and our gratitude. It's a lot a lot more. I, I don't know how else to put it, but it's just a lot more than I, I think I knew that it was. So I'm really grateful for this podcast as well. And, and, you know, say yes. Um, uh, what is it again? Say yes. Arthritis. Live yes with arthritis. Live yes. There we go. I forgot mm-hmm. that. Um, but, you know, it's great to have these podcasts so that we can become more aware. You know, I, I love podcasts because it's anytime, anywhere, any place, your favorite channel, driving, you know, on the beach, yeah. working out, yoga, you can get a little education. So hopefully that's what we're doing today. Um, so seven, almost 75 years. So, you know, congratulations on your personal milestones and on the organization's milestone. But what what changes have you, you know, in your time? Um, involved with, with the foundations foundation have you seen and is is are we working towards um w- what would be a good word can you can you conquer arthritis or is there anything like what are we working towards um how are we impacting the communities with the work that you're doing every day well i think our main focus is to help people live better lives really um you know it is debilitating when you can't move because of joint pain um, or, you know, whatever the chronic pain that you're having limits your ability to function on a daily basis. And I think if there's anything, um, uh, there's a lot of things we've done in almost 75 years, but um, that education piece in helping provide expert information on uh, ways to manage symptoms, ways to uh, control and manage pain as best you can. And um, for me personally, and many that I know who are engaged with the foundation, it's the connections. Um, The education we provide helps to empower you to try to take control, but knowing that you're not alone in the journey is key. And that to me has probably been everybody I've met across the organization um, over the years is the one thing that everybody says is the connections that you make. You have your Arthritis Foundation family. Um, they get it. They they understand your struggle and, and they're there to support you when you need it. And so there's that. There's also the science and research aspect. So I was diagnosed over 20 years ago um, and when I was first diagnosed 20 years ago, the options for disease-modifying medications um, that are in, in, in our world, they're called biologic medications, um, have 
revolutionized what arthritis looks like. And so I know uh, years, many years ago, um, uh, the Arthritis Foundation helped fund some of that research to to start some of the process of the disease modifying biologic medication that's out there. There were two options for me over 20 years ago. Now, I don't even know how many options there are. There's a lot. Um, There's a lot of, thank goodness, because some medications might not work for some people where um, they try a different one and that one does work better and they can function better and and get through their day. Um, But these medications actually stop the progression of a lot of these inflammatory autoimmune types of arthritis, which is key. Um, Funny to talk about it right now. I've been off my medications for a few months and um, due to just other health issues, but uh, my fatigue is almost like debilitating right now where I'm just always so tired. But when I'm and it just is a clear picture of like, you know, my joints might not hurt, but the fatigue is awful. And my medication that I take every month actually helps. So over the last 74 years, there's been, you know, such great research and science happening around the rheumatology world to help find better treatments and better cures for people with arthritis. And we continue to forge ahead on that. And uh, one of the things we've been focusing on the last couple of years is osteoarthritis. Now that's the the one that most people have. There's like 32 and a half million people with doctor diagnosed osteoarthritis. And there aren't a lot of medications to treat that or stop the progression, but it's a lot of lifestyle management. It's a lot of maintaining a healthy weight and physical activity and exercise that can help manage osteoarthritis, but you have to know about that and learn about it early on. So getting that patient education and getting connected to other people who are managing their osteoarthritis is super important. So, um, and then the the third thing that makes us different, I think, is we have um, huge advocacy efforts to make sure that people with arthritis have access to the medication and the care they need. Um, that's an area that I started volunteering in a years ago, and I'm super passionate about. I've helped to get testified to help get laws passed to help people have access to medication and treatment. And so really, if there's anything that we really work hard to do is just to continue on that path for better treatment so people have better days every day to be able to do the things they love with the people they love and eventually a cure, right? Yeah, uh, Rebecca, maybe you would remember specifically which ones, but I think some things that people don't realize is that our advocacy efforts aren't always just related to arthritis diseases. It is related to the medical system overall. Um, One of the things being, I believe, uh, correct me if I'm saying it wrong, the step therapy medication um, laws. So those affect everyone. Um, There are, you know, how your insurance company can say, you know, even if your doctor prescribes this medication, we're going to require you to go through these cheaper medications before you can have it. And they can override your doctor because, that's how insurance works. So there are all those sort of things affect anybody who's going through uh, any sort of disability um, or medical issue where they need that. So our advocacy, while we are advocating for people with arthritis, it can affect everyone. Absolutely. Anybody with a chronic condition and step therapy is actually what roped me into being, I mean, I do actually a lot here in my state for advocacy for healthcare for people with chronic illness, but I've testified here in Colorado um, and we got a law passed um, to uh, 
protect measures around exactly what Della was describing. And there's people with asthma, people with um, MS, HIV, who are all getting put through the ringer um, when it comes to medications and what insurance will or will not approve um, and making sure that it's known that the patient needs to have a voice and the physician who's prescribing needs to have the voice, not the insurance company. Right. Um, yeah, so it's sure. huge. A lot of the things that we do, we work when it comes to advocacy, it's working with other um, health organizations as well to, to highlight, you know, like if we're talking recent uh, Roe v. Wade decision that, that just happened is immensely affecting some patients in our community because there's a medication that is a first line of defense for all ages, especially JA, but anybody with an inflammatory immune type of arthritis um, are having severe access issues in some states that are restricting um, family planning. And um, because they're on this medication that in higher doses can be used um, for abortion. So they're not being able to access medication that they use on a regular basis so they can function. And so this is something, you know, it's like one of the things that we work on and that's, you know, um, far reaching, right? Yeah. So it's uh, getting bigger by do. the moment for sure. I mean, it's, it's, it's just getting bigger by the moment I'm talking to you and, you know, the whole advocacy and, yeah. you know, not, not just taking care of, all the people in the world that are affected by hundreds of forms of arthritis or the umbrella of arthritis, but it's paving the way and trailblazing with, you know, just societal issues and governmental issues and legal issues and insurance issues. It's a big undertaking what you guys are doing over there. Now I know why you said you could, they, Dawn, you're going to be impressed with these uh, women from the arthritis foundation. It's huge, huge. Yeah, that's why fundraising is important, though, right? Like if we are a nonprofit and we have to be able to, you know, in order to serve um, our community, we do need, you know, got to keep the door open so that we can keep doing the great work that we do. Right. So how are you fundraising? What, you know, it sounds like there's between new and improved medical treatments, prescriptions, research, taking care of the thousands and thousands of children and, and adults uh, programming, all of this, and then all of the advocacy. And we're talking lots of money. How do you keep the lights on? How do you get all of this done? It's surreal at this point, listening to both of you. Yeah, it's it's really a it's a community effort. Um, a, a lot of our um, our fundraising events and uh all the pathways we do for fundraising, we try to do them hand in hand with our mission. I and mean, obviously that's the ultimate goal is not just about fundraising, but it's about reaching out to the community, educating them on what we're here for uh, and showing them what we do with that money to help support their local communities, to support them at a national level. And so a lot of our events um, revolve around doing both at the same time. One of our biggest uh, events of the year is we do nationwide our Walk to Cure Arthritis. Um, it's usually about a 5K walk uh, that we do and families come together. They they fundraise and they um, and we usually have our uh, mission education pieces incorporated into that. And it just helps bring them together as a community with other people who are going through things that they go through. Um, on top of that, we do a lot of 
uh, more fun events. We do our party events. Um, our We have a bone bash gala or crystal ball gala, um, art for arthritis, which is a great gala, which uh, kids with arthritis actually will do artwork. Um, they work uh, in some of the events, they work with professional artists as well. And then uh, we auction off their artwork and uh, they get to be, you know, they get to feel really special because they get highlighted and they get to to bring their artwork to people and, and see how people appreciate um, these kids. So it's a, it's a great moment that is not only going to help us get the funds we need in order to look for this cure, to, to find this cure for arthritis, uh, but also, you know, it gives them that moment. And so uh, well, let's go over some of just for our audience who's listening that are feeling the the pain and the struggle with arthritis, the work that you've accomplished in 75 years and everything that you're doing currently. What are some of those signature events again? So Art for Arthritis, let's just go through some of those signature events again so that when we see them on Facebook or social media, we'll maybe pause and and make our donation or join as a participant or hop in that 5K. So let's go over those again. Yeah, so this time of year, you're going to get really heavily into our marquee season. So gala season is is fall season. Everybody wants to go to a party. Uh, so you're going to have bone uh, bone bash in a lot of areas. It's a Halloween type event. It's one of my favorite events because uh, I love the Halloween spirit. So it's a fun party gala event. You'll see those in a couple areas nationwide. And um, we also do a um, an evening of honors and crystal ball, depending on your area, as a, a more formal seated dinner gala that we do. Um, art for arthritis is one of the ones. Like I said, it's an art style event. Um, and that's I for like kids. kids. Now, I'm going to pause when I see that now. That's really geared for the children. Yeah, it's a, it's a gala event that highlights our children with arthritis, mm-hmm. um, giving them a chance to step out onto the stage. Uh, there are um, some other events later in the year. Um, if you are a runner, we have our Jingle Bell Run that is in Christmas. It's uh, one of the largest Christmas runs in the nation. So you'll see those all over the place. So if you are more about the active type of events, uh, those ones are super fun. Uh, some of them even have uh, 10Ks. Uh, they have the more competitive uh, lengths to them. And that's a, another one of our big signature events. Those ones are nationwide as well. Wow. And then uh, uh, coming up soon, actually, we have one of our large events. I mean, it's considered a local event, but it raises a lot of money. Uh, the California Coast Classic um, oh, yes. is coming up in September. And it you have cyclists from all over the world who come um, and they start in San Francisco and bike for eight days along the coast to L.A. and bike anywhere from like 40 to 80 some miles a day um, and, you know, raise a lot of money for people with arthritis. And a lot of people are either affected by it themselves or or have a family member or a loved one or just love cycling and, and love the cause. Um, and that's actually coming up in a, a couple of weeks. Um, and, uh, you know, talk about being active. <laughs> That's definitely yes. one that's super active. Um, you and guys so, are super busy. I mean, everyone has their their month, right? Uh, and what what yeah. is the awareness month for arthritis? What? It's May. 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 Is arthritis awareness month in September. Um, we do a lot because it's pain awareness month. Got it. And okay. 
So you're busy every single month. How big is the organization? I know it's a national organization. Are you in all all states or are you regional or what what, what are we looking at in terms of chapters, maybe employees and volunteers? Let's just look at that profile. Don't even have the numbers. We are nationwide. Um, We have employees that represent and cover all states. Um, So every state has uh, either uh, we are uh, we have some in-person locations, but we have remote employees all across the nation. So that way we can service all across the nation with our our fundraising, but our mission events specifically. We're trying to make sure that no matter where you are, you have access to a support network, whether we have that virtually or we have in-person events going on in your market. So we have staff um, that cover all reaches. Uh, I don't think there's a staff member physically in every single state, but we go out and service all communities in all states. So listening to this and understanding the magnitude of what you're doing and some somebody's listening to this and they want to get involved, how best to do that? Well, the easiest to our way website. To- Yep. <laughs> yep. I was going to say is go to our website. Um, we do have specifically on arthritis.org. There is uh, you have the ability to find uh, access to being a volunteer and seeing what's out there to join us as a volunteer. Sometimes we post specific opportunities, but then there's also an open call for people to just reach out and we'll connect you with your community and find things that best interest you. Um, And then, uh, so if you don't know where to start, we have our helpline, um, it's a 1-800 number, uh, but it is also an email helpline. You can reach out either way to get more information about the arthritis foundation and about uh, local events that are happening in your area that maybe you want to get in contact specifically to help out with. And so it goes without saying, that's also the place we can donate, right? And give to the Arthritis Foundation, especially coming up where we're recording this um, late summer, the beginning of September, and we are approaching Giving Tuesday, end of year, all that good stuff. So um please go to arthritis.org to make your uh, donation. But on that note, I think I'm going to turn a question over to Della. How important is it for organizations to stay innovative with their fundraising, with their technology, with their repertoire of ways to give? Um, we, we all just came out of the, you know, we're still talking about it, right? I hate to even say COVID, but we're still talking about that and the lessons learned and flexibility. What are your thoughts there? Because you're obviously doing something right. So if you wouldn't mind sharing with all the fundraisers that are listening, what's the secret sauce to staying ahead of the curve with fundraising? Oh, yeah. With um, innovation, I think the the key to innovation is access. It's the ability to deliver something that's accessible, no matter who it is that's trying to get involved with you. So whatever tool you're using in order to deliver your mission, to deliver your fundraising, it has to be able to be accessible by everybody. And unfortunately, don't use the, you know, the word, but COVID taught I us know. All- I'm so tired of that <laughs> word. <laughs> I know. I don't want to hear it anymore, but unfortunately it's there, but you know what? It caused us to be innovative. And yes. We, we learned that as an organization that, you know, we had to figure out how to be innovative to deal with, you know, 2020. And, but then that brought us to 2021 and we said, Hey, we've learned some lessons. We can still use this. And then we've come to 2022. We're trying to, you know, get back to normal, but at the same time, we've, you know, we've learned from what we had and we realized we 
maybe weren't as accessible as we thought we were. And so Good with point. technology, we want to be as accessible as possible. So that's a, that's kind of the, the cool thing that we've learned recently is that we are finding new ways to be accessible. And I know you do a lot of speaking on that as well. So we have to keep a, an eye out for Della and just uh, thoughts about, you know, staying innovative and, and keeping yourself ahead of the game. I can't believe we've we've consumed like a whole half hour. I, I personally want to thank you because I've learned so much that I really, really didn't know. I, I just took it for granted and shame on me for my own just lack of knowledge, but I appreciate you just bringing a lot of this to light. But I think we have time for one more question. Um, I'd love to know where, what do you hope for in the next few years with the Arthritis Foundation? What would you like to see happen or accomplished or what's your stretch goal for the community? Well, I know as an organization, we, we really are hoping to reach more people um, with nearly 60 million people living with a form of arthritis. There's a lot of people out there we want to reach and get them connected and let them know that they're not alone. And and uh, we have a lot of resources and um, uh, connections to, to help get them on the path to living better lives every day, um, but also just more advancements in, in research and science, especially for uh, kids with arthritis and those living with osteoarthritis. And then another area is our, our veterans and, and military members. You know, one in four adults may have doctor diagnosed arthritis, but with the military, it's one in three. And so we do have a partnership now with Department of Veteran Affairs, trying to bring more resources, um, a support group for people who are in the military or veterans who have arthritis. So really reaching more people and providing the great resources that we have and tools to manage their arthritis every day, but also, you know, uh, staying on top of the research to make sure that we have even better treatments and, and treatments available um, that can maybe stop progression more for osteoarthritis. And the right choice is available, as you mentioned before, right? We don't right, want right. insurance companies or big techs or any, I don't want to, we just don't want anybody interrupting or disrupting yeah. the patient's choice or the doctor's choice. Let's just leave it at that. Right. We want accessibility for care yeah. and for Medicaid and those treatments for people, all people, all people. And yeah. make sure that all people um, in underserved areas um, are are getting included in the research, but also so that they have access to the treatments that are available to them. And, and you know, it's not limiting their ability to access because of where they live. Jella, anything to add on what you're hoping for in the next few years at the Arthritis Foundation? Uh, yeah, I think uh, Rebecca led right into sort of what I would have thought uh, one of our, our big goals is to reach diversity. Uh, we have uh, an organization that, as you've heard from us talking about it today, I mean, there's a perception of the Arthritis Foundation that doesn't necessarily match up with the reality of what, mm. we're, facing, what we're trying to support. And that's, it's made it hard for us to actually be able to help everyone that we want to be able to help uh, because we're not finding people reaching out to us and we're not reaching out to people in uh, in a way that brings a lot of diversity into our organization. We want to reach out um, or arthritis 
tends to be um, our data is very heavily skewed towards um, we have the elderly uh, that's commonly brought in and a lot of women. Um, we're seeing that uh, that's the most people that tend to be proactive in reaching out. And so we want to make sure that we reach out and find everyone who is suffering from this and everyone that we can help impact their lives and improve their quality of life. And so that's what we're hoping to do is to become more proactive about that and reach more people. Well, spoken like, I mean, the two of you are so remarkable. I mean, you can just hear the story from the heart, right? This is I probably um, one of the episodes that I'll remember the most because I definitely could hear your passion and heart and everything you're saying. And congratulations on everything that you're doing and gratitude to ev- with everything that you're doing. It truly is remarkable. And I knew I was set up for this episode before it even happened. They were like, wait till you meet these folks. And um, you didn't disappoint. So thank you for what you're doing every day. And just for taking the time to be part of the podcast, educating me and our fearless fundraising community. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having us. Yes, thank you. So fearless fundraisers, that's about all we have time for today. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's Raise Nation topic and your daily dose of fundraising inspiration. Tune in for a new episode release every Thursday at 1230 p.m. That's Thursdays. 1230 p.m. Eastern Time. But in the meantime, listen to all the episodes on Raise Nation Radio. Follow your favorite channel so that you can get the notifications about our new guests. As you just heard, fundraisers are doing amazing things to build better tomorrows for our communities. Stories are awe-inspiring. You won't want to miss a single episode. I'd like to thank our sponsor, One Cause, for making this episode possible. One Cause is driving the future of fundraising with easy-to-use software solutions that help nonprofits connect with their donors. Be sure to check One Cause out at onecause.com and visit the resource tab on the homepage for a broad catalog of eBooks and blogs and podcasts and webinars that you'll find very helpful. A huge shout out to Della and Rebecca from the Arthritis Foundation. It was just wonderful to get to meet two remarkable trailblazers and to hear your story and your passion. I know you're going to continue to do great things and I really appreciate you joining us today. Any last words of inspiration? It's always the mic drop. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I would say... For me, I just always like to remind people that when we talk about innovation, that creativity is what drives innovation. So always remember to be creative and to explore your creativity uh, because it ultimately will help you find that innovation. Thank you. That's we say that all the times, but it's nice to hear it from you. Rebecca, anything from you? Yeah, and I think that um, innovation in your your fundraising that you do is is key. Um, You know, I I. I have put together my own fundraising events for my Walk to Cure Arthritis team uh, that speak to the people in my network. So um, make personalizing how you do your fundraising is key so that it matches up with the people that you're trying to fundraise from. So um, it, it's worked really well for me over the years, but you know, you've got to have that personal connection uh, to what you're trying to work toward fundraising for. For sure. Um, Tapping into the network, staying um, 
educated, keeping the impact in mind, being creative, being innovative. When you put that recipe together, it does work. We know it. And we're so glad that you know it because you're doing great things um, to build better tomorrows for the arthritis community. So thanks for sharing today. Um, again, thank you. It's so great, great to have you. I believe I'll be meeting uh, one of you in person uh, in the very near future. I'm looking forward to that as well. Um, but for right now, that's a wrap. And until next time, I'm Don Lego. This is Raise Nation Radio. Stay fearless out there. Oh, 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 o